Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Michael, let's do a sound check. How's my audio coming through? Wonderful. How's mine? Okay. Oh, you're coming through great. All right. That's good. How are you doing? Uh, other than my nose is blocked up, I got a sinus infection, I'm doing okay. Oh, dear, dear. I'm <laughs> sorry to hear that. It happened. When I, was a kid, when I was a kid, when I used to do that, we used to put our head over a bowl, a bowl with mustard and hot water in it. Oh. And we used to, and we used to put a towel over her head and it used to run like a tap it used to come loose I think that's a great idea yeah yeah but yeah mustard just mustard and boiling water and breathe the vapors you can put if you've got some eucalyptus stick that in there and it used to run like a tap and free itself up you know when I was a child they took my tonsils out at age 4 and I was given the swine flu shot back in the 70's under Jimmy Carter the president uh, yes yes I've had issues ever since. I wonder if it's resulted in a lower immune system. But I will tell you this. Uh, I seem to be susceptible to these allergies down here, and it's just horrible. Yes, uh, yeah, not good, is it? No, no, I had my tonsils out very early. 
like you I just started school and uh, I, I had them out very very early you know and I think when you have your tonsils out I think it does uh, do something to your immune system yes sir so I will certainly take some prayer and uh, how are you doing, my I'll, friend not too bad let me pray for you first thank you in the name of Jesus the mucus congestion the blockage in the sinuses you will be free now and you will run free now and you will never be blocked or congested again we pray that in the name of Jesus and if Shannon's immune system has been weakened by any swine flu shot or any other immunization he's had in his life, we pray now that the Lord will give him a supernatural immune system. So no matter what happens and no matter when it comes, Shannon will be prepared. And any infection, any flu, any virus, any chest infection, congestion will come nowhere near him. We pray, Lord, that you will heal him today and deliver him from all future infections. We pray that now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I receive that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Amen. Michael. God bless you. We've got a good program today. We're talking about deliverance and we're talking about demons and their characteristics and what they do. And then in the end, I'll be preparing people, anyone who wishes uh, to look for deliverance. I'll be giving them some tips on self-deliverance. It should be a good show. Brother, I'm excited about it. You want to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. Take all the time you want. Certainly. Hello, everybody. God bless you all. We hope you had a wonderful Passover and a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. And we pray now in the name of Jesus for anyone who's oppressed, anyone who's demonized out there, anyone who is being afflicted by any disease, by any attack from any demon or evil spirit. We pray, God, that you will cover them with the precious blood of Jesus and the anointing will fall on their lives and whatever is afflicting them will go today. We pray, Lord, for this program today that it will reach millions on the internet and we pray that Satan's kingdom will be thwarted and damaged again by this program and all the other programs on Amiga Man Radio. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless me as I preach today. Bless Shannon, bless all the people at Amiga Man, and bless all those listening all over the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. My friend, take all the time you want. Thank you. Before I start, I'd like to say thank you for a lady called Sandra, Sandra Zona. She's uh, emailed me a couple of times saying that she's listening to my old teachings on the church uh, website, and she likes them very much. She's a friend of Mary from London, and I thank you both sincerely, and I thank you, Sandra for your care and your love and God bless you today and we hope you enjoy the program I want to talk about demons today I want to give you a rundown of what demons do how they operate and I want to prepare you 
for deliverance. If you want to do deliverance yourself, self-deliverance, which you can do. Let's start by saying, demons, I believe, are disembodied spirits of an evil race, the Nephilim that was spoken about in the early chapters of Genesis, also spoken about in certain parts of the Bible. They're unclean spirits. They're foul spirits. How I know, many, many years ago, a young man who lived in the north of England, he was a bouncer in a nightclub, and he was used to uh, controlling a dance floor, controlling the bars, and if anyone stepped out of line, he would push them out. But he had a terrible habit. He was addicted to sex. He used to sleep with two women a night, seven days a week, all different women. He would pick women up who was in the on the dance floor, and he would take them home and have sex with them. And he became addicted, and he became very, very ill. And I prayed for him one day for the spirit of lust, the spirit of perversion, the spirit of sexual immorality to leave him immediately. And he rang me one night and said when he went home, he decided to uh, run a bath and have a bath. And he said the water turned to mud, turned like black sludge. And that shows you that the demons that come out of him are foul. They smell foul. They are foul. Hallelujah. Every demon is different. And demons need a physical body to operate. Every demon has its own characteristics. It's given by Satan certain tasks and roles, which are all designated, as we say, by Satan, who orders and controls demons. Demons operate in armies. There's strong men who are the hierarchy of demons, and they operate all over the world. They are intelligent beings who operate uh, under Satan, who is their commander-in-chief. Anyone who's involved in real heavy-duty sin, violence, drugs, crime, uh, sexual immorality... People who are involved in those sort of things, they won't feel the presence of the devil. They will feel the presence of the devil if anyone upsets them because they'll get angry and very violent towards anyone who tries to correct them or puts them in place. But they will not need to worry about the devil because the devil has already whole held them captive. He's got them chained. He's got them bound. They're tied up. What Satan really wants is born-again Christians. Christians make mistakes. Christians sin. We're not perfect. So demons watch and wait for human beings, born-again human beings, to make mistakes and sin. If you live a godly lifestyle, demons hate you. And they will try and bring you down and they will try and control you. But when we do something wrong, if we backslide, if we do anything against the will of God as spoken of in his word, then demons are ready to pounce. They're ready to pounce and enter the body and influence and control our minds. 
let's have a look at certain lifestyles that allow demons to enter that gives them access to our bodies and lifestyles smoking tobacco smoking marijuana other drugs lsd cocaine heroin excessive food and gluttony and greed you know there's one of Derek Prince's videos and he says in there when he used to go into towns to preach in America, when he left England and settled in America, he would say to people, where's the best restaurant in town? And one day one guy said to him, ask a pastor. Pastors always know the best places to eat. And excessive food, gluttony and greed will bring demons into our lives. They will give us an excess for food. We will overeat. We will gorge ourselves. The love of money, masturbation, fornication, pornography, bitterness, unforgiveness, backbiting, hatred, envy, jealousy, vengefulness, criticism, and careless speaking. Now, many people might say, well, what's careless speaking got to do with it? But when we have a look at Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37, it says to us, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned so we have to be very careful idle words if we hear a pastor preach he may not be our cup of tea we may not agree what he says but the worst thing you can do is go out there and say i listened to that pastor preach and it was a load of rubbish just keep quiet Keep your opinions to yourself because careless speaking and idle talk we will have to account for on the day of judgment. Other things invite demons. Child sex abuse, if a child has been abused. Uh, I remember one day I went to see a lady in North London and uh, as I went into this lady and put my hand on her head, she levitated off the floor. Not by much, just come off the floor. And I knew that there was a problem. And I sat her down and I asked her, what was this problem? And she said she was Greek and her uncle ran a big Greek restaurant in North London. And all the family, her parents were employed by this uncle. And the uncle used to sexually abuse this, this girl when she was a child. And she went to her mother and told her mother about this. And her mother told her to keep quiet, not to say a word, because all the family's income was at stake. And if she created a fuss, they would all lose their jobs. So this poor woman, when she was a child, to make was made to keep quiet about an abusive uncle. He was never ever brought to bear. But fortunately, the demon that was in her came out of her through prayer. Hallelujah. So child sexual abuse, paedophilia, or anything like that. Watching horror films and reading horror stories, lying. And of course, any involvement in the occult. 
the occult is extremely damaging. And the occult is not just witchcraft. Let's have a read about the occult now and see what God said. And I want you to imagine the children of Israel. They're about to enter the land that was promised them, promised them by God, promised to Abraham. And this is what God has said to the children of Israel just prior before they enter the land. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of these nations. There shall not be found amongst you anyone that maketh his son or daughter pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consultant with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all these, all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. And let's have a look at some of these things now. This is all under the category of the occult. Now, you might say, well, I've never done any of those things. I'm not guilty of these things. But you may buy a national newspaper or a magazine and check your horoscopes every day or once a week. You may go to somebody who seems quite innocuous and quite natural, and you may have a tarot card reading. You may go to a fortune teller. All this stuff is divination. Are you a member of a spiritualist church? And when you go to church, yes, you may say the Lord's Prayer. You may sing hymns. But during the service, the leader of that church calls down spirits. And he calls down spirits of your dead relatives. And he gives you messages. All this stuff that comes under necromancy. We're not to consult with the dead. We're not to consult with familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are demons. In spiritualist churches, these are the people that bring messages to you. And the reason they bring messages, because they're familiar with our families. They watch our family bloodlines. They compile information and they take it to a demonic bank where they hold this information, probably kept there by Satan. And when they want to come against a family, they will give you information that comes from the past that you may not know about. Hallelujah. That's familiar spirits or a charmer or a wizard. All of these things are evil. And when the children of Israel was to go into the land of Canaan. These were all the things that was practiced in that land. It says there shall not be found amongst you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. They used to do sacrifices to the Canaanite gods, to Molech, to Dagon, and these sorts of demonic gods that were worshipped by the Canaanites, these people. You can't use 
divination. You can't be a witch. All of these things are against the will of God. And if you know people out there who practice these things, you may be frightened of falling out with them. They may be a friend. I wouldn't have friends with such people. Our job as Christians is to tell these people the errors of their ways and lead them to the Lord. God is warning his people not to be tempted to learn the evil ways of the people that they will possess in the land of Canaan. Now in the world, the occult is used by millions of people worldwide, by people who are unwilling to put their trust in God. They use other ways to predict their futures rather than receiving Jesus in their hearts and allowing him to lead and guide their futures. Fortune telling, tarot cards, horoscopes. Something else that I want to tell you about. I remember my first wife, because I've been married before, when pregnant, she took a needle and threaded it through with cotton and held that needle attached to that fine piece of cotton and she made a pendulum out of it. And she held that over her womb and she allowed that pendulum to swing naturally. If it swung one way, it meant that she was going to give birth to a girl. If it swung another way, it meant she was going to give birth to a boy and she allowed it to swing and she did it I once listened to Derek Prince who was teaching and he said a, a very fine Christian woman visited him and asked for prayer for her son who had declared himself to be homosexual and he had declared that God had made him homosexual and he was homosexual from his mother's womb and of course, this is a lie from the pit of hell. And the woman said to Derek Prince, I've explored all, explored all my life and I can't find anything I've done that would have caused this to happen while he was in the womb. And Derek Prince believed her. He said, yes, I understand. But then he asked her, have you done anything, anything like that at all? And then the woman openly said, oh yes, I, I took a needle and I made a pendulum of it. I attached it to cotton and I swung it over my womb while I was pregnant. And Derek Prince believed that's when the demonic spirit of homosexuality entered in to the baby she was carrying. And my wife did this as well. And my son, I've got three daughters, and I've got a son. And my son is estranged from me because he came out and said he was a homosexual. And it's amazing, my first wife did this to him. And though I broke it, and though I broke that curse upon him, it was already, he had gone away and he had left me. He's got an acting career now when he runs a, a dance school, his own dance school and a theatrical agency. He provides dancers and actors to most of the musicals in the West End of London. He knows Cameron Mashin, Macintosh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, 
and all those, and he's a name dropper. But he has nothing more to do with me because of my Christian faith. He was brought up as a Christian. He used to be in what we have in England called the Boys Brigade. And on Sunday, he would march through the streets and they would play the drums and sing those old revivalist songs on with Christian soldiers and stand up for Jesus. But he totally turned away from the Lord Jesus in favour of a homosexual lifestyle. I say to all the listeners out there, and I say to Shannon, his name's Robert. He's 40 years of age now. He has nothing to do with me. Uh, I tell you what happened to him. I, I found his childhood Bible, and his Sunday school teacher had written a report on the first page saying, well done, Robert. Keep up the good work. And I thought he might like to receive it. And I sent it to him, and my other daughter told me he was so offended, he threw the Bible in the dustbin, the Word of God. So I've decided to leave him, and I would like others to pray for him. There, are, of course, are other influences that can lead a young person to become homosexual. But as I have heard said, God made me a homosexual. God made man and woman, and he never gave them a sexual persuasion. If you was a man, you was a man. If you was a woman, you was a woman. And many demons actually enter a pregnant woman's womb. That is prenatal demonization. And I'm going to give you three scriptures to read that are scriptures that a woman should go to and should say and should agree with while she's carrying a baby. I'm not saying, I don't want to frighten anyone, I'm not saying this is going to happen to anyone, but I'm saying we've got to be aware of what we do, especially if we're carrying a baby. Let's have a look at First Peter 5 and look at verses 5 to 8. Hallelujah. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye, all of you, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giving grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast in all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And Satan will attack a fetus, he will attack a baby growing in the womb, because he would like that child to be born and to be born demonized. So I'm not trying to scare you. This is a wonderful scripture now. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. 
God wants to help you. I think it's essential that you pray, especially if you are pregnant. And the last one is Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Listen to this. This is wonderful. Every pregnant woman should say this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Well, you may not turn out to be a prophet, but God has sanctified thee and ordained thee, and he has sanctified the fruit of your womb. Hallelujah. So we pray that now. Prenatal is a time when you're very vulnerable, especially if you do things that are not right. And what you mustn't do, you mustn't say, well, am I going to have a boy? Am I going to have a girl? I'm going to go to someone who can do tarot card reading or can read simple playing cards and tell me what I'm going to have. You're running the risk of your baby in your womb demonized. Hallelujah. We don't want that to happen. This is a common thing. If a pregnant woman is involved in the occult or the woman is a witch, but during the prenatal period, she will be demonized. The child will come out of the womb demonized. Prenatal or postnatal, it's, a, it's essential that a mother-to-be or a mother that has been prays for the baby on a regular basis. It's good that you take that baby. I believe in full immersion, baptism, but you take that baby to a pastor and you get the pastor to say a blessing over that baby. It's essential. Once a demon has entered a human being, he would try to mould that person to the demon's personal agenda. For example, if the demon is a spirit of lust, the demon of lust will encourage the poor demonized person to watch pornography, to masturbate, and to fornicate. If the demon is a demon of dishonesty, if you're walking down the road, and you see an elderly lady drop her purse in the street, the demon will say, it's yours, pick it up. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It will have no sympathy for the elderly lady. It will just be about gain, personal gain you. We must remember that Jesus Iscariot had walked with Jesus, had witnessed the miracles he had seen the Lord do. He had seen him cast out demons. He had seen him to heal, heal the sick. But yet, he betrayed him. He betrayed Jesus because of his actions. Satan was allowed to enter him. Just look at Luke 22, verses 1 to 6. Hallelujah. And we'll read that now. Luke 22, verses 1. 1 to 6. Thank you, Lord. Now the feast of the unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. 
and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains, how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and coveted him to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Judas, he had been with Jesus and he had seen what Jesus had done, but he had no loyalty at all. Let's have a read at John 13, verses 26 and 27. Jesus answered, He it is to whom I give a sop when I have dipped him. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered unto him. Then Jesus unto him, thou that thou doest, do quickly. Hallelujah. Demonic strongmen have more influence than individual demons and are used by Satan to influence nations. Let's have a look now at Ephesians 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12, and we'll, we'll get this now. We'll get the understanding of what a strong man is. Hallelujah. As I said before, it always shocks me. If Judas Iscariot had never really known Jesus, then he could be influenced to destroy him. But Jesus was so close to Judas Iscariot, so kind to him, yet Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. Ephesians 6 verse 12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, spiritual wickedness in high places is not the local school teacher, not even the local pastor, but it is the highest realms of life and society that they infiltrate. I read the other day the Archbishop of Canterbury, who's the highest Anglican in the world, also head of the Episcopalian Church in America, all the Anglican communities in Africa, Australia, New Zealand, etc. And he was saying the other day that he really struggles, and if it wasn't for antidepressants, he wouldn't be able to carry on. And I thought, what are you talking about? Antidepressants. It means he's got a spirit of heaviness. Surely somebody in the Anglican church can say to him, Archbishop, you have a spirit of heaviness. 
The word of God says in Isaiah 61 that God has given you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And praise will wipe out the spirit of heaviness. Praises, reading the word of God, having joy in your heart, singing to the Lord. Hallelujah. That wonderful song by Darlene Sheck, Shout to the Lord. That's what it says. We shout to the Lord. We sing to him. And this is the head of the Church of England, and he's admitting that he's got depression. I believe demonic strongmen were in control of Britain and the USA in the 1960s. And I believe both countries were in the grip of a demonic strongman. In the 1960s in Britain, laws were passed making abortion and homosexuality legal. There was a number of child murders known as the Moors murderers, and Christian marriage was put under intense pressure from the new concept of living together. Illegitimate births rose steeply, and living together started becoming the norm. And John Lennon actually said the Beatles were now bigger than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. A terrible thing. A terrible thing. Let's have a look at Deuteronomy 23, verse 2. Hallelujah. And I believe that strong men was in control of both countries. And music at the time was being used, and especially Beatles music was being used in Britain, of course, and went over to America. Deuteronomy 23, verse 2, says about illegitimacy, and I'm not trying to offend anyone, please. This is the words of the King James Bible, not my words. And it says, a bastard shall not enter in the congregation of the Lord, even to his tenth generation, shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Amen. So that means that illegitimacy is a curse to that child, that when someone has a child outside marriage, there's an automatically a demonic curse coming on that child. That's why children... She should be born inside marriage. These are the things that demons can't wait. They're waiting at the door. They're coming in that child in the womb before the child is born, and they will direct that child. The summer of love invaded San Francisco in the late 60s, fueled by the Beatles who sang All You Need Is Love. A rogue chemist got hold of an American army drug that was supposed to stop fatigue and fear from taking over the GIs who were fighting in Vietnam. And instead, this rogue chemist made LSD. It flooded the hippie communities who lived in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, which was now the center of the new hippie movement. But the love they spread and they sang about, all you need is love, was sleazy fornication, 
fueled by drugs. Getting towards the end of the 60s, the Beatles' White Album was released. There was a song in there called Helter Skelter, which was actually listened to by Charles Manson, who was the leader of a psychopathic hippie group who was called The Family. And they went to a suburb of Los Angeles and slaughtered actress Sharon Tate, who was married to Roman Polanski. Now, Roman Polanski had made a film in 1968 called Rosemary's Baby. And that was Mia Farrow. She played Rosemary. And she was impregnated by Satan and was going to give birth to the Antichrist. That's what the film was about. Anyway, Charles Manson and his hippie friends, they broke into the flat where Sharon Tate lived. She was eight and a half months pregnant. They stabbed her 16 times. They killed all her friends. They slaughtered them. And they broke into another house and killed two other people. That apartment in L.A. is still severely demonized. I listened to a program about it. No one's been able to rent it or live there or buy it. The demons make people's lives a misery there. Attempts to cleanse it have failed. They haven't been cleansed by the name of Jesus. They've had people in there who were new ages and they tried to cleanse it by burning herbs in the house, burning sage and things like that. I truly believe in the 1960s, Britain and America were under the yoke of demonic strongmen. And I think our societies have really suffered greatly since. I think Britain now has got over 7 million abortions uh, since the abortion laws were made legal. And we're in a bad way. I think we're in a bad way. And uh, I believe they were demonic strongmen sent by Satan to actually do that. Let's have a look at Revelation 21, verse 8, and see what it says. Hallelujah. And it makes it very clear on God's judgment. But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. And that's how we are now. Our people lie. You lie to get on in life. You bring down others. It might be your best friend, but if he's standing in your way for a promotion of work, you will do what you can to get the job. Hallelujah. Certain diseases, I believe, are caused by demons who enter a poor person to cause fear, pain, suffering and death. There are many reasons for cancer. People who work in chemical industries, certain types of food, processed food in particular, that have food additives added to it, that can be a cause of cancer. Certainly people who work in nuclear power and are close to radiation, they can get cancer. And there are many reasons why cancer spreads. But there is a demon of cancer. I've got something to share with you, what happened to me the other night. On the 2nd of May, 
I go and see my oncologist. And, of course, she's going to check my latest blood tests, which are called PSA tests. And I think I've had enough of this. I don't want to take medication any longer. I require healing. I want healing, and I believe God will heal me. So I went upstairs into my bedroom. My wife was downstairs. And I started praying against cancer. And I started. Remember, when we pray for someone, we don't, we pray for the person to be delivered. But the object of our prayer and our spiritual warfare is the affliction that they're suffering with. And I turned around and said, Satan, I rebuke prostate cancer and any cancerous cell in my body. I command you leave now and go to the dry arid places and you will remain there till Jesus returns. And when I rebuked the spirit of cancer, I started coughing uncontrollably. And I truly believe in Jesus' name that the spirit of cancer left me. I might need more prayer, but I will continue to do this. So I believe certain cancers are put upon us by demons. And I've prayed for hundreds of people with cancer. And people in the deliverance ministry are very vulnerable. Derek Prince himself, he at one time had, uh, I think it was bladder cancer, and the Lord healed him. He had other diseases in in his life. I think he had heart trouble, and the Lord delivered him. So when you're in the deliverance ministry, it's not for everyone, because you're coming in contact with Satan, contact with demons and evil spirits, and naturally those things will hate you. If you have cast a cancer out of someone who is terminal then satan's not going to like that he's going to try and come back and he's going to try and afflict you and i believe that's what satan did with me also arthritis i believe that's a demon spirit satan appeared to me oh i think it was seven or eight years ago one morning one saturday morning myself and my wife were going out for the day we were going to watch cricket uh I know you American listeners probably don't understand cricket, but it's the national sport in England. And we was going to watch cricket. And I looked at the end of the bed and Satan was standing there. And he pointed at me. I'd just done the deliverance of a man who was really, really badly delivered. And Satan had offered me money, had offered me fame, had offered me fortune if I stopped doing deliverance work. And I told him to clear off, and I confronted him, and he went. Well, he pointed down to me, and he said, Michael, I will kill you within five years. That's what he said. And over later on that day, I went to watch cricket, and my feet swelled like balloons. I took my shoes off, and I couldn't get them back on. And my hands started to twist, and my knuckles started to bend in. And I had tremendous pain. And as I felt my hands, every joint of my body seemed like it was red hot, like the fires of hell was upon me. Anyway, I went to the doctors the next week and he said, you have got rheumatoid arthritis. How long have you been suffering from this? And I said, it just come upon me. And he found that hard to believe, but he put me on some 
very strong medication. And even though I took this medication, I was doing a, uh, a weekly service on Sunday in central London, but I could barely walk. I could just about drive, but I could barely walk. And I was terrible pain. I couldn't comb my hair. I couldn't shave. I couldn't brush my teeth because my hands were all twisted up. I took this medication they gave me and I felt terrible. It didn't do me any good at all. And I thought, this is no good. I'm not going to take this. So I took it for about a week. And then I decided to destroy all the medication that I'd been given. And I decided to pray. And I bound this spirit of rheumatoid arthritis. I commanded that it went. And I prayed for all that week. I had others praying for me as well. I'm never too proud to accept prayer. I know I pray for people all the time. And nor should you, any of you, be too proud to accept prayer. The only caveat is that anyone who prays for you must be a believer in Jesus Christ, must be a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I woke up a week later on the Monday morning and all the rheumatoid arthritis had gone. I had an appointment to go and see a specialist. And I went to see the specialist. And this specialist looked at me and he said, you don't have any arthritis. And I actually lifted my right leg and I pulled it right up and I actually held it against my stomach. And he said, how can you do that with rheumatoid arthritis? And I said, it's gone. I told him I was a man of God and I believed. And I told him a couple of jokes and he warmed to me. And he said, God bless you. And he sent me on my way. Let's have a look at Luke 13. Luke 13, verses 10 to 13. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, Thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. If your disease is not responding to treatment, your medication is not working. Seek deliverance. Your almond might well be coming from a demon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I must give you this testimony. One day I went to see a woman and she lived in South London in a place called Camberwell. She was from Ghana. She was a very kind and nice woman. But she had said she had a sister who was an elder in the Baptist church. And this sister had had a party. What this sister was actually doing was defrauding the government and taking benefits as well as working and she was actually had got two local authority houses and was subletting them and renting them out and she had bought a new Jaguar when the new design Jaguar had come out she'd actually had a party at the church and she was praising God for blessing her with this financial prosperity 
And of course, all that was a lie. And this woman was very upset. And she was crying, and I prayed for her, that her sister would turn away from this dishonest lifestyle. I know now her sister had a spirit of dishonesty, which is a true demon. And while I was there, she was sat on the bed, and I noticed the top of her back from uh, about uh, halfway up her back to the back of her neck was bent over. And she looked like she was the woman in the Bible with the spirit of infirmity. And I thought to myself, I must do something about this. So I laid my hands in the small of her back between her shoulder blades. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command that spirit of infirmity to leave. And there was a crack in the room, a crack, like a crack of lightning, a crack of thunder. And this woman straightened up her back and she was completely healed. Hallelujah. Now, I want to ask you today, I can't cover everything about the demonic realm, but as I come back and preach again, I'll cover extra things. Are you prepared for deliverance? There are hundreds of reasons why a person might need deliverance. Too many to speak about today. But check those crucial signs. Do you have a problem concentrating, especially when you try to read God's word or you try to pray? Are you hearing blasphemies, swear words against God? Are you hearing them in your mind when you try to pray? Are you being tormented in your sleep? Are you waking up and jerking? Suddenly, looking around the room, frightened to see what's happening. Are you getting bad-tempered when things are not going your own way? Are you angry when someone tries to correct you or gives you criticism? Are you sleeping too much during the daytime? Is alcohol a bit before the glass of wine with your meal? Is it getting out of hand? Are you binge-eating? Are you doing eating chocolate, french fries, crisps, cakes, biscuits? Are you eating these things more than you ever ate before? Are you living in fantasy? Are you dreaming of winning the national lottery? Are you thinking of a new house? Are you dissatisfied where you live? Are you dissatisfied with your job? Are you dissatisfied with the car you drive? Are you depressed? Are you suffering from insomnia? You're not demon-possessed, which means being totally controlled by demons. But if the Holy Spirit is not totally in control in your thoughts, in your body, you may need help. You may have a demon. But there are things you need to know before you receive deliverance or attempt self-deliverance you must completely humble yourself before the Lord completely humble yourself and in case there's pride which is ruling in case there is arrogance in your life you don't want any of these things you've got to be completely humble before the Lord let's have a look at Psalm 147 verse 6 the Lord lifteth up the meek, 
cast of the wicked down to the ground. So the first thing we must do before we try and pray for ourselves, I'm sure if a pastor came to visit you to do deliverance, he would tell you that you must be humble before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. Hallelujah. And you must do that now. There must be no arrogance, no self-centeredness. There must be none of these things before you need prayers for deliverance. You must have dealt with all these things and got them out of your life. Secondly, you've got to reaffirm your faith to the Lord, especially if you've backslidden. If you've backslidden or if you've done something sinful, which is against God's word, you must reaffirm your faith to the Lord. Let's have a look at Romans 10, verse 13. It makes it clear. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you call upon his name, some people call it the sinner's prayer, but you just mustn't say these things with your mouth. They must come deep within your heart, deep within your conviction. Then it says that we must confess our sins to the Lord. Hallelujah. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must confess our sins. And if need be, we must say exactly what we've done. If we've committed a sexual sin, it's embarrassing if we've masturbated, we've watched pornography. We must confess that to the Lord. Not just gloss over it and say, oh, well, the Lord will understand, he'll forgive me. You must confess it. Confession is good for the soul. And we want the Holy Spirit to dwell in the whole of our soul. So there is no little nooks and crannies which Satan can enter through. Because it doesn't matter how little you leave for Satan, he'll exploit it. Let's have a look at the first epistle of John, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not within us. I've had people lie to me. The Holy Spirit has told me things. The Holy Spirit has said, this person is guilty of this sin. And I've said it to them and they've tried to make me out to be a liar. They've said they didn't know what I was talking about. There was a line of people who were lined up to be prayed for and the Holy Spirit told me about one young lady and he said say this to her so I went up to her and I said it she said oh I'm sorry I think you must be mistaken I don't know what you're talking about and I said okay fair enough I said are you sure and she said yes I don't know what you're talking about I'm not aware what you're saying so I went to her and I just gently blew on her and she got slayed in the spirit and went down on the floor. Sometimes Satan 
when he you commit commit a sin, he blanks it from your memory and you can't remember it. The next thing is ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind any sin or transgression you have forgotten. Let's go to Psalm 32, 3 to 5. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Hallelujah. I've got a bit more to talk about. I hope uh, Shannon is kind enough to give me a bit of extra time. Oh, yes. You have as much time as you like, up to another hour. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. If you're doing self-discipline and have been able to identify the demon present, speak directly to the demon, not to the afflicted. In other words, you do not speak to yourself, you speak to the demon. Let's give you an example. A spirit of arthritis should be approached like this. Spirit of arthritis, I command you to leave my body immediately in Jesus' name. Go now and never return in Jesus' name. If the demon tries to talk over you, you command the demon to keep quiet in Jesus' name and tell the demon to leave again. Have scriptures ready to reinforce your commands. I'll give you an example of a scripture that I use this scripture all the time when I do deliverance. Let's find it for you. Hallelujah. It's Luke 10, verses 17 to 20. Have this scripture ready and use this scripture because the demons don't like it. And this is what it says, Luke 10, 17 to 20. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even demons are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Be persistent. Keep cool. Don't shout at the demon. Uh, you're not going to get him out by just shouting and hollering at him. What you've got to be is be persistent be faithful to God, and you point at him and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you will leave immediately. You have no authority. You have no power over me, and go immediately. Keep calling on the name of Jesus. Now, I would like to leave you my email address if anyone would like deliverance or help with deliverance, I can do it for you over Skype. No matter where in the world you are, 
I've just took a lady and a daughter through deliverance in Australia. I pray for many people all over the world. And my email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, all one word, 123 at AOL.com. All you've got to do is just send me a text saying you would like deliverance. I will give you my Skype address. You send an invite to me and we can start praying at a time convenient to you because at the moment in England, it's just past 12 midday and wherever you're listening from, I know your time will be different. I'm here to help you. God has called me to do deliverance and I wish to see the captives set free. So I thank you for listening. We'll go back to this subject again in the future. And the idea is that you can have confidence when you listen to these programs and you can get confidence to seek deliverance. Remember, the devil is a bully. And what he wants to do is keep you down so you're so timid and frightened that you don't seek help. Other versions of the Bible, the NIV, I believe, says that God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. And timidity is the enemy of the Christian. It keeps him down and he no longer seeks the help he needs. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. Remember, if you need my help, get in touch with me. I'm happy to help you. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Brother Michael, powerful word today. You always bring awesome teachings. What would you like to title this one for the archive today? Uh, Are you prepared for deliverance? I love it. Now, Brother Michael, tell people about your church there in England and also how they can contact you and support your ministry. Certainly. I, I, I pastor a church in northwest London. It's called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. That's K. I-L-B-U-R-N and it's in northwest London Uh, if you look on their website I've got over 60 previous preachings many of them are on deliverance there are other subjects as well if you uh, wish to look at them I'm sure they'll be beneficial to you if you ever visit London wherever you are come and see us we meet every Sunday morning from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock I'm usually there till five in the afternoon because after we have some refreshments and some breaks, I then spend three hours praying for people, doing deliverance, praying for healing. Uh, If you would like to support me financially in any way, I do have a PayPal account and you can find that PayPal account if you listen or if you go onto my website, which is framecummings.com. 123 at AOL.com. Hallelujah. My friend, I treasure every broadcast we do. Folks, I hope that you will go over to Brother Michael's website and check out some other great teachings. If you're in the area, of course, come out and fellowship with him at church. And again, next week, same time. Does next week, same time work for you? Wonderful. It is wonderful. And uh, please keep me in prayer because... Uh, I need prayer because, as I say, I've got a big decision on the 2nd of May. I'm trusting in the Lord to heal my cancer, that it will never come back again. So 
if you stand with me in prayer I know we will be victorious I'm asking everybody out there to pray for brother Michael daily and let's pray for you right now my friend thank also. you thank you father Yehovah in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we come to you father God because you are the only true source of healing we're asking father God that you would send your word to brother Michael right now and heal him we thank you Lord Jesus that two or three gathered together in your name you are in the midst and we're asking this right now for the man of God God you would touch him heal him we command in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth anything inside of your body not planted by the Lord Jesus Christ to be uprooted and come out we speak to the prostate we speak to any area of your body that needs healing and we say be healed and made whole in Jesus Christ's name. We command all rebellious cell growth to die in the name of Jesus, and we speak to any area that needs regeneration, be healed and regenerate in Jesus Christ of Nazareth's mighty name. In the name of Jesus also, we break any witchcraft or curse sent against you. We also, in the name of Jesus, bind every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay coming against you, me, or anyone from being part of these broadcasts or being in the ministry. I'm asking God that you would loose your ministering angels to Brother Michael and his family. Put a hedge of protection, wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 around them, around all of us. Again, we plead the blood of Jesus over you, Brother Michael. Thank you, Father God. Let Thank the you. PSA count go to normal in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Shannon. Uh, God bless you richly and God bless all the listeners. And I can't wait to be with you next week. Looking forward to it. We love you, my friend. Okay. And your, uh, email love one, too. your email one more time, give that up. Yeah, it's frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. See you next time, brother. Thank you, brother. See you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless. That was a powerful teaching. We've got another one coming up at the top of the hour. Elvis Newhart. We're going to take a break. And I'm going to go and try to drink some hot tea. And uh, we will be back. Top of the hour, Elvis Newhart. If you're coming in late, we had at 5 a.m. Eastern, David Measures from England. That was Michael Frame Cubbins. And then coming up at 8 a.m. Eastern, Elvis Newhart. We'll see you all back a little bit. God bless.